again this evening we thank you Lord that we can meet the Lord in your house and Lord that we can come with Father and sit at your feet oh Lord God and hear you speak to us oh God Father this evening Lord we've got it here some have got it at home oh Lord in different places but Lord we know that you are the God oh Father who is ever present oh God Father we know just as you here oh Lord we know that you are in the home so God and Father we pray that this evening Lord you move in a special way oh Lord the Father, you will touch hearts, O oh Lord God. The Father, as even has been sang, O oh Father, Lord God, the chains of oh Father will be broken, O oh Lord. Father, even Lord, from the song, O oh Father, how is appropriate for the word, Lord, that you have for us this evening. And Lord, we just want to say thank you, Lord, for the leading of the Spirit, O oh Lord. And Father, we just want to come with a service into your hands, O oh Lord. Father, I yield myself unto you, O oh God. Father, you take control, Lord. You speak to your people, O oh Father, Lord. The Lord, I may be just a boat, the Lord, are you stepping on you, so Father, this evening, O God. Father, we come with all the needs of the people into your hands, O Lord. O Father, you reach down and meet with each and every one of us, O God. Father, we just want to thank you this evening. We just want to say, Lord, that we love you, O God. That you are worthy of all praise, O Lord. Father, may you have your way in our midst this evening. And may your name, O Father, be glorified as we come it all to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We... We greet you all again in the name of the Lord, and uh, we should um, appreciate all the announcements and all the work that's been done. Uh, God bless those who have been working hard to have this happen, and we do appreciate that all. Amen. Well, we go straight into the wood this evening, and uh, we'll open the book of Acts this evening, Acts chapter 12. We read from 1 to 11, thanks to the musicians, the song leader. Really appreciates all of that. Amen. Amen. Sure, it was a good service last Sunday, and we might be kind of uh, following up a little bit on that line uh, this, this, this evening. Amen. Uh, see how the Lord leads. So, Acts 12, from 1 to 11. Now, about that time, Herod, the king, stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without season of the church unto God for him. And when Harold would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keeper before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, 
And the light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side, and raised him, and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gear thyself, and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he said unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. And he went out and followed him, and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but, but thought he, was, he saw a vision. When they were past the first and the second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leaded unto the city which opened to them of his own accord, and they went out and passed on through the street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now we know of surety that the Lord has sent his angel and had delivered me out of the hands of Herod, and from all the expectation of the people of the, of the, people of the Jews. Amen. May the Lord add his blessing to the word. You may, you may have your seat. Amen. I want to talk this evening about breaking prison bars. Amen. And it's just amazing how the, the song service was gone. I do thank the Lord for that. Amen. So here is Peter, and we know from the scriptures, just backing up a little bit, and, and we know how, you know, the day of Pentecost had happened, and, you know, Peter was actually coming by. He was coming from a revival. Amen. He was coming from a revival that had happened in Caesarea. You see, the Holy Ghost had fell. Now upon the Gentiles, amen, the Holy Ghost now fell upon the Gentiles in the house of Cornelius, and, and Peter, as he has been there and has been commissioned of the Lord to go forth and, and to do that which he had seen in the vision, and according to what Cornelius has also seen in the vision, Peter comes back and he starts to rehearse all that had happened to the Jews of that, of, of that time in Jerusalem, and you know, at, at the start, they couldn't understand why Peter went to, the, went to the Gentiles, but as Peter started to expand upon the, the matter and upon what had happened, the Jews understood and they started to rejoice that finally the Holy Ghost had not only reached down to the, to the Jews, but also gone down to the Gentiles as well. And sure, the Lord was moving because in the other side and the other parts of, of the land as well, the different people who had been spread about because of the persecution that was going on, they were also spreading the gospel. And there was a great revival that was going on in that time. And we know that at the same time, there was a revival going on in Antioch as well, you know, where Barnabas went and there were different things happening. Amen. See, the Lord was moving. See, the Lord's purpose was being accomplished. But the Bible said in verse 1 that now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hand to work Saturn of the church. Amen. And you know, many times when we are walking in a path where the Lord is, you know, the Lord is walking with us and the Lord is revealing himself to us and the Lord is, you know, is, is drawing us closer to him. In that very time, the enemy steps in with his punch. Amen. Why? Because the enemy knows that in the path that you are going, you are doing nothing, but you are threatening his kingdom. Amen. He knows that you are, you are coming to a place that you can be of a great damage to his own kingdom. Amen. Why? Because he 
himself of sin, the power of the Lord is in this message, amen. And now we've come to a place where this message is coming to be a living word and a living reality in a people, amen. And Satan doesn't want to see that. So whenever we see the children of God moving and taking steps, you know, towards the Lord and taking steps, amen, into their commission, into their position, straight away he comes in and he comes in with a punch and troy to keep the children of God into a prison, amen. And here we can see of him moving on the scene upon, you know, these apostles, these disciples, you know, that received the message of their day. And, you know, they were moving on and preaching. But now here he is trying to persecute them, amen, trying to vex the church, amen. And he went on, and as the scripture said, that he killed James, the brother of John. You see, with the sword, and we saw that that pleased the Jews. And so now he started to go on to, to take Peter also, amen. And as we read, Peter now is being cast into prison, amen. And he's been born with chains and and here are all these you know the these quaternion of soldiers you know two of them of them you know they're bound with him on the prison and two are keeping the door you see they're doing everything they're trying to stop the word amen see but there is one thing that you ought to understand that you know in the circumstance that Peter was in surely there was no way of escape for Peter surely Peter well there was no way that he was going to be able to set himself free from the two soldiers that were bound to him in the prison and neither be able to go through the many gates of, of bars that were, that were put on his way for him to escape. But you see, when God has purposed something, when God has started something, there is nothing that is going to hold it back. Amen. See, Brother Branham said in the way of a true prophet, he said, you can't cage the word of God. No, it will come forth anyhow. He said, prison bars one night, when they, would, when they tried to cage it, a light came forth and delivered him out. Amen. See, because God... God has a purpose, amen. God has a plan, amen. And there is none that is going to stop the plan of God. There is none that is going to stop the purpose of God. Isaiah 14, 24 said, The Lord of hosts has sworn, surely, saying, surely, as I have taught, so shall it come to pass. And as I have purpose, so shall it stand, amen. See, when God has a thought, it must come to pass. See, when he had a thought of creating a word, it came to pass, amen. When he had a thought of you, you came to pass. Amen. See, whatever thought God has, it will come to pass. And whatever he purposes, it must stand. And there is none that is going to hold it back. Amen. Because it is the word of God. And this is a very proof. We ourselves are a proof that God purpose always stands. See, one time we ourselves were caged in sin. One time we ourselves were in prison bars. But you see... That was the moment that the Lord came in, see? The Lord, the mercy of the Lord walked in into our lives to deliver us out of the prison. Why? Because God had purpose in this age, in this time, for a bride to rise up. See, the drinking that you were in couldn't stop that seed. See, whatever you were in couldn't stop it from coming forth. See, because God had purpose, it'll happen that way. And nothing could hold it back, amen? Because there was an attribute of God in you. See, the word of God was in you, and nothing could hold back his plan, amen. See, he might have walked in with you as we had even on last Sunday. You see, we, we have a great example here, even a brother Marshall, how, you know, the Lord visited him right in a Tim Harden. See, why? Because God had a purpose, amen. And when he has a purpose, there is a season that that purpose is going to manifest itself, and there is nothing that is going to hold it back, Amen. 
See, the light comes and the light strikes that seed that is deposited down in your soul. And you know, it's just like the example of the lily. You know, the lily is in the mud. Amen. And the lily is barred with dirt, amen. The lily is barred with fields, amen. The lily is barred with many things that is hindering it to express itself. But you see, the lily has got a purpose, amen. And how can I overcome? Brother Branham said in 1963, he said, It's a little seed down in the bottom of the muddy, murky pound. And that little seed, yet all the radiance that will ever shine in it is in it right down when it's in, when it's in that mud. See, when you were in the world, when we were in the world, there was a scene in us. There was something that was going to manifest itself. And see, nothing could hold it back. Amen. And I tell you, friends, we are in a season. We are in a time of the manifestation. The manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. The manifestation of a message that is going to bring a rapture and faith. Amen. See, nothing could hold it back, Brother Branham said, but it, will, but it has to strive daily. Knowing that there is something, it's black, it's dirty, it's murky, it's slimy. In that slime, in that slime that is living in, yet it presses its way through the mud, the muck and the waters and the stagnant places until it sticks its head, its head above in the light and expresses what's been hid in it all the time. Amen. And Brother Branham said, that's the way every believer does. He said, that's the way Noah, Noah did. That's the way Lot did. That's the way, you see, look what a mess he was in. That's the way Moses did. That's the way Joshua did. That's the way Daniel did. That's the way Shadrach, Meshach did. That's the way John the Baptist did. Zacharias, Elizabeth. That's the way that Simeon, that Anna, every one of them. See, they overcome the mold that, that, that there was around them and packed into them, stuck their head above the tents and shined for the glory of God. That's a real Christian. That's what a real Christian does. Amen. See, that see that is in you as we had on Sunday has got a voice and it has a voice and that voice wants to express itself amen that voice wants to come and you know bring a manifestation that voice wants the satisfaction amen and as the seed is lying there in your down on the soul, you see the Holy Ghost come, you know, by the preaching of the word or whatever it is comes and it quickens that seed and you see once that seed is now quickened that seed starts to press itself out. See, he's got all the barriers. You know, he wants to take full control of your entire being. See, he wants to take control of your spirit realm. He wants to take control of your body. So what does that seed do? It starts to press itself out. Amen. Why? Because it's trying to bring you in a rapture state. See, when you see the diagram that he showed last Sunday, you see, when the seed, when the Holy Ghost come and quicken the seed, it produces something. You see, this faith kind of blows up. It produces faith in there and now this faith is wanting to express itself because this is the very faith that is going to bring the rapture and faith in the bride for her to take away see we are living in a time that we are living in a place where we ought to be in a rapture state see when you come and you receive the Holy Ghost see you have been lifted up and now you are seated in heavenly places with the Lord Jesus Christ see you already ought to be in there I think Brother Ed said it one time you know to say that it is not something that is going to happen over Nine, but it is a process and now the bride is in that process she is in that process of that rapture amen and I 
master seed and our faith is moving up. See, all what is wanting to do that is wanting to take control of all your memory, is wanting to take control of your imagination, of your faction, is wanting to take control of your conscience, of your reasoning. See, it's pushing itself out, amen. But you see, as we read, you know, the, the, the Harold and all the people, they were trying to suppress that word. You know, they were trying to cage that word in a prison. And today we are facing a spiritual battle. We are facing a mind battle. And that mind battle is trying to hold that seed. It's trying to hold it back from expressing itself. Amen. But God has a purpose. Amen. And God's purpose will stand regardless of whatever will be. Amen. But I want you to notice the note of 10. That in that very time as Peter is in, the, is in prison and and it seemed not to be any way out. See, some brethren started to gather. And you know, they started to pray. And Brother Brown will talk about a prayer that went on in John Mark's house. And they started to pray and they started to intercede, you know, for their own brother who was shot in prison. Amen. They started to intercede and pray. And I want you to know one thing that you can intercede and pray. Amen. You can intercede and pray for your loved one. See, if they've got a seed right in them, there is no way that something is going to suppress it because it is God's purpose. It is something that God has put in there. And there is nothing in the world that is going to hold that seed to express itself because you are the evidence of it. You are the proof of it that nothing could hold the seed that was in you. And if there is a seed in your loved one, if there is a seed in your husband, if there is a seed in your wife, if there is a seed in your son, a seed in your daughter, there is nothing that is going to hold that seed back. Amen. Because God has a purpose. But now I want you to notice one time that these people started to intercede in prayer. You see, they started to go on their knees. And you see, the man business when they went into prayer. They were really crying out to the Lord because their brother was in prison. And I tell you, friends, God hasn't changed. He's the same God today. Indeed, he has a season. Indeed, he has his time. But you see, you start praying about it. And he's going to move on the scene. See, God is doing a work in China. And you see, the government there are trying their best to shut the work down. But you see, God's purpose is going to stand. And I tell you, the same God who can send Peter out of the prison is the same God who can send our brothers out of the prison and not just send them out of the prison, but carry on his work and carry on his purpose because he is planted. See, the work in China was not started by a man. It was started by God. And if God started it, it's because he's got a seed there that has to come forth. And no one can stop that because that is God's purpose. That is God's plan. That's how determined he is. Hallelujah. And if he was so determined to bring you out, he's determined to bring out your loved one. Amen. Because God is still God and he hasn't changed. Amen. He's still a God who sends angels around. And he might not come as an angel with wings. But he might come with an angel as a brother, an angel over someone else. And you might be the angel. You might be sitting right here. You might be the angel that he wants to send somewhere else. Amen. And so, as the prayer went on and, you know, the prayer went on and eventually know how the story went. The Peter came out of the prison. Amen. 
But I want you to notice one time that before they went in to pray, someone had already prayed. Amen. And in John 17 verse 9, see, Jesus Christ himself had already prayed. See, they were praying indeed, and indeed you were praying. But I want you to know that Jesus Christ himself has already prayed. Amen. And I want you to listen to what Jesus said. He said, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but I pray for them which thou hast given me, for they are dying. Amen. And all, and all mine are dying, and all thine are mine, and I am glorified and them. Amen. See all that God has called is his and nothing is going to hold it back. Amen. Christ himself has prayed that he is going to take back everything that is his. And I want you to notice that you are not of Satan. No one is of Satan. Amen. But we are of God because that's what Jesus prayed. He said they are dying. We are his, amen. And if we are his, he's going to bring us to accomplish the purpose that he has in us. And there is none that's going to stop that purpose. See, many times the enemy will try to creep in and he'll try to bring worry in there because you see, once the faith that is in your soul wants to start to express itself, see, there are many other things that try to come to stop that faith from expressing itself. There are many things that come in the way to block that channel from moving on and to try to creep in in, in nowhere else but in your mind. And that's where the battle begins when it starts to creep in with worry and it starts to creep in with complex and start crippling with lust and condemnation and pride and different depression and different things. See, he's battling you in the mind. But I want you to still notice one time that you are of God and God has got a purpose. Amen. And it will have to stand and nothing is going to stand against it. Because nothing can hold that lily. You see, nothing could hold that lily. See, once that lily started to fill, you know, that sunlight, it started to push itself up. See, the slime tents couldn't hold that lily. See, the dirt couldn't hold that lily. See, there must have been a lot of junk in that mud, but it couldn't hold that lily because it had a purpose, because it had something in it. It had to express itself. It had to manifest what God called it to be. And God has called you to be something. And nothing is going to stop it just as Mr. Lily. Amen. And not only are you his, but he also purposed to glorify himself in you. Amen. As the read in the last part of that, and I am glorified in them. So, and, when, when his glory, and, and his glory in you is nothing but a manifestation of his attributes through you. Amen. And tonight we want to look at one of these attributes. And that's the attribute of faith. Amen. That's the one of the attributes that we want to manifest in you. The attribute of faith. Because that faith is lying in the soul. Amen. And I believe that I'm talking with people who have been quickened by the Holy Ghost. And people, amen, who are wanting to let that faith express itself. And people who are getting themselves ready for a rapture. Amen. And Brother Branham talk about it. And it says it's the sixth sense. Amen. And from the message of super sense. Nineteen fifty-nine. Jeffersonville is said, and the super sense is the Holy Spirit. 
the faith of God that dwells in you. And if you let the five senses be yielded to the six senses, it will guide you and bring all other five senses under control of that super sense. Amen. Now here, Brother Branham is speaking of how to let that faith actually manifest and express itself. He said, you know, you must bring all the other senses in subjection to that faith. See, your sense of memory must come in subjection to that faith. The one, you know, of imagination must come in subjection to that faith. You see, every sense you've got on the spirit, must come in subjection to that faith because that's the only way that you can let that faith express itself. He said, it will guide you and bring all the five senses under control of that super sense for it is far above the natural senses as the spiritual mourner's part is far above the natural it's as far as high as the heavens is above the natural man and his five senses. It makes you believe things that you cannot see. It, it makes you ask where you do not think the five senses will ever, will ever think about it. The devil cannot get into the, the devil can get into the five senses and lie to you, but he cannot touch that super sense. That's far beyond his reach. That come from God. It is called faith. Faith is that great turn. Amen. He said the devil can touch the five senses. See, he can come in there with worry. He can come in there with condemnation. He can come in there with fear. But there is something that he cannot touch, and that is faith. See, when faith starts to express itself, everything must shut up. See, when faith speaks, no one else speaks. When faith speaks, Satan cannot speak anymore. And it says that is out of the reach of Satan. See, Satan cannot touch that fate. And it says, and the five senses does not control the sixth sense. Amen. But the sixth sense controls the five senses. Amen. And it said it will deliver that word to you and make you walk contrary to anything there is but God's word. Amen. That faith will make you work contrary to anything else but just God's words alone. And that's what is one who express itself in his bride on this age. Amen. Because God has purpose in his heart to raise a different kind of people on this earth. Amen. See, he's, he has purpose in his heart to raise another type of race. See, you know, the world has raised different kind of races. And, you know, they've tried to say this was a great race and that was a great race. But now God is raising another race and he's calling it a super race. Amen. See, the world today has developed a lot of super tens, amen. They've got your supercars, they've got your superstars, you know, they've got your superman, they've got your many super tens today, amen. But in the midst of it all, God is raising also something else that is super, and that is a bride, amen. He's raising a super race, and that is you, amen. And what is going to make it super is that faith that lies in you, because that is the only time that the devil cannot touch. Amen. See, God is raising a super race. 
And you see, Satan all the while, he's been trying to impersonate it. He's been trying his best, you know, to impersonate everything he could. But there's one thing he cannot impersonate, and that is God. And that is that super race, amen. See, see, when that race comes in contact with a makeup, you know, something happened. Brother Branham said, in super sign again, amen, this time in Chicago, 1961. You see, he's talking about the super race and he said, you know, because they have got what? He said supernatural power with supernatural signs through a supernatural belief in a supernatural word from a supernatural God. Now, I want you to get that. You see, this race of people, they've got a supernatural power with a supernatural sign through a supernatural belief in a supernatural word. Amen. I want you to know that this message that we're believing, it is not just another message, but this is a supernatural message. This is a supernatural God that has come down in the form of the Son of Man and is wanting to manifest himself in a people called the bride. This is a supernatural message to raise up a supernatural people to form a super race. Amen. From a supernatural God, amen. And I want you to notice one time. See, for a supernatural something to happen, there must be two omnipotents come together. See, when that faith comes in you, you become one of the omnipotent. He is the omnipotent. And when the two come together, there's none that is going to produce but a supernatural power. There's none that is going to produce but a supernatural rest. Amen. And that's what the message has come for. And it's a supernatural God in a supernatural body in a natural people. Oh, glory be to God. It's a supernatural God in a supernatural body in a natural people. You might be a natural person, but there is a supernatural God. Glory be to God that is dwelling himself in you and is wanting to express himself in you. Because he's got a purpose. You haven't just got a seed. You've got a supernatural God dwelling in you. Amen. Brother Branham said, hallelujah. Yes, the super race. It's a day that no dear God shall do exploit, great exploits, and show supernatural sign. Amen. In looking at the unseen, Brother Branham said, the supernatural it's what you do not see, but what you believed and act on as though it was. Amen. And I want to repeat that again. Amen. Looking at looking to the unseen. Is that the supernatural is what you do not see? But what you believe and act on as though it was. Hallelujah. Amen. See, there's something that you do not see. You do not see the fatal lies in you, but you act upon it as if it was. Because what is faith? Faith is the substance of ten hope for and evidence of something not seen. Amen. And this goes beyond the five senses. Amen. This goes beyond the sense of seeing, the sense of feeling and smelling and all those kind of things. This is a supernatural sense and that is called fade. Amen. That is what God is trying to produce in this age. It's a supernatural people. It's a super race. Amen. And though you don't see Things happening 
Don't be this courage. You are a supernatural person. You don't have to see the natural before you act. You act when you don't even see it. When you don't see you heal them, you keep acting to see if you heal. See, that was what all the other five senses in the spirit were given to you. Your imagination was given to you to imagine yourself healed, to imagine yourself walking with the Lord, to imagine yourself defeating the enemy. That was what the sense was given to you. Amen. And these super race people, see, they are going to walk contrary to any condemnation. They are going to walk contrary to any fear. They are going to walk contrary to any depression. Why? Because they've got a supernatural God that has residing in them. Amen. See, the more battle may go on, but that sure is not going to hinder the seed. We have more battles. But that still will not hinder the seed. Because that seed has been purposed to rise up in this age. And whatever God has purposed must come to pass. Amen. So if you purpose that there is a bride that is going to rise up in this age, there is a bride that is going to rise up in this age. If you purpose there's going to be a church that is without spot, that is without a wrinkle, there is going to be a church that is without spot, that is without a wrinkle. If there's going to be a people, amen, that are going to do mighty exploit, there is going to be a people that are going to do mighty exploit. Why? Because God said it. It is not Brother Branham who said it. It is God that said it. Because that message was a supernatural message from a supernatural God. Amen. Amen. And nothing can hold it down. See, all the things that are warring in your spirit, are nothing but prison bars. I know in the past that are trying to hold it, hold that faith from expressing itself, amen. But you see, God's word must stand. See, there was a supernatural race one time in the Bible, going to Acts chapter 16. See, and that was Paul and Silas. See, they were people that had received a supernatural God in them. See, there were people that were had an experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. See, they, they had come to a place that they just didn't care about anything that happened. They didn't care about what people thought about them. All what they cared about was to carry the word of God and to accomplish your purpose, to accomplish what they were called for. Amen. But once again, what does Satan try to do? Satan tried to imprison them. Satan tried to cage them. See, he tried to cage, he tried to cage Peter. And here again, another two brethren, Paul and Silas. And what does he do? He tries to cage them. See, God, the, the Satan is always going to try to cage you. He's always going to try to put you in a corner. Because he doesn't want you to express that supernatural God that is lying in you. But I want you to notice something tonight. That God is coming and he wants to encourage you tonight. That there is a faith that is lying in you. That God wants to have it expressed. And he is purpose for it to be expressed at this time. And I want you to know that Satan is not going to hold it back. Amen. So what did they do to put him in prison? But again, I want you to notice that there was another prayer meeting that went on in that prison. 
See, there's something about this faith. There's something about the supernatural power. It seems to be very much connected with prayer. Amen. That whenever adversity comes, the thing that the supernatural thing and yet try to do is to go into prayer. Why? Because it's trying to get back in contact with his maker. It's wanting to know what does my maker want me to do right now in the situation that I'm in. See, let us not try to find solutions. Let us not put, you know, second plans and different things ahead. If God said he's going to fulfill his word in your life, he is going to fulfill it. If God has something promised to you in his word, you stand on that word and don't turn away from it. It is going to come to pass. Because it is God's word and it is his purpose. Even when it is lingering and it seems that it's taking long, you keep standing on that word. Because God said it is going to come to pass. Abraham had to wait for 25 years, but every day Abraham kept on rejoicing for the promise. Abraham never wavered. Abraham believed that if God said it, it will come to pass. And Brother Branham will dramatize it, that he'll rise up in the morning and ask Sarah, Sarah, how are you feeling this day? And Sarah will say, you know, there is no change. But Abraham will say, praise the Lord anyways, we are going to have a baby. And here was Paul and Silas, and they had another prayer meeting. And I want you to notice again, that after they prayed, they started to sing praises. And as they started to sing praises, the Bible said that the other people in the prison started to hear them. So surely these guys, when they were singing their praises, it wasn't a quiet praises. See, here are people in a prison, and the last thing you could ever think that they would do is to be singing praises. But there was something in them that they knew that their God was real, and they knew that their God was worthy of worship. Their God was worthy of praise. Whether they were in prison, whether they were walking on the street, wherever they were, they knew their God was worthy of praise. And so they started to praise the Lord. Amen. But you know, sometimes, you know, the enemy comes and he tries to shut us in. That is even hard for us sometimes to respond to the word. But I want you to know when you start responding to the word, there is something that starts taking place in you. Because it is that supernatural something in you that is trying to respond to the word. Amen. It is not you, it is that supernatural something that is responding to the word. It is just as the lily again. See, as the lily is filling the presence of the sun, it is starting to respond and it's starting to push itself towards that sun. Let us not hold back on that. If the Lord is, you know, there's a quickening in your heart, you know, to, to praise Him, to shout amen, you go ahead and say it. Amen. Don't be scared about it. It is good. Now notice that they all were in the same mass. All these people were in prison, but here were two people that were praising the Lord. Brother Branham said they might have started talking about the Lord when they got into the prison. And they must have been talking. I want you also to, to remember something here. That they weren't just thrown into the prison, but they had been beaten. And so here are people that are in pain. They are in prison, and they are praising the Lord. Hallelujah. 
they get into the prison. And if you have been bitten, I tell you, the pain is there. And I believe that those people didn't give them just a little beat. They really beat them real good. Because they didn't want them to go back and preach the gospel. So the beating must have been a hard beating. But however, in the prison, they kept on praising the Lord. Amen. You see, and as they started talking about around midnight, they started to take another attitude. They started to change the attitude. They started to change the atmosphere in the prison. You see, the attitude said, you know, brethren, maybe let's start to pray. And I believe as they started to pray, perhaps the angel of the Lord started to come down. The presence of the Lord started to come down in that room. And I tell you, friends, if you're going through a hard time, you start praying. You start calling onto that supernatural warmth that is in here. And I tell you, not long after that, you find a presence coming in that room. You find God coming down because you are His. He has chosen you. And he wants to glorify himself in you. And they started to change the atmosphere. And I tell you tonight, I don't know what pain you are going through. But I tell you, let's start to forget about the pain. Let's start to forget about the worry. Amen. Let's start to change our attitudes tonight. Let's start to change the atmosphere that is around us tonight. Whether we are in the house, whether we are here today. Start to change that atmosphere that is around you. Because God is fixing to do something for you. God has an angel on his way to deliver you from whatever prison you are in. Whether it be the prison of lust. Whether it be the prison of condom nation, whatever prison you are in, God is on his way. Is it a financial prison? God is on his way because our God is a supernatural God that works in supernatural way. Hallelujah. You can start it right now. We're starting to respond to the word. It'll start to change the atmosphere, believe me. It'll start to change the atmosphere not only, not only in your life, but it'll start to change the atmosphere in those that are around you. Amen. Because as Peter, Paul, and Silas, they started to change the atmosphere. The people around them started to fill them. Because now notice something what the scripture says in Acts 16, 26. Now it's coming right down after they have been praising the law. And the scripture said, and suddenly... See, it didn't take long. The scripture says, suddenly, there was a great earthquake. And I believe that there can be a great earthquake in your life this evening. Suddenly, when you start to change the atmosphere, when you start to change the attitude, because this God in the Bible is the same God and His bride. And suddenly, there was an earthquake. So that the foundation of the prison was shaken. And immediately, it didn't take long. Do you see the power in prayer? Do you see the power in an atmosphere of praise? And immediately, all the doors were open, and everyone's bonds were loosed. Amen. See, if you want to see something happening in your home, you start to change the atmosphere. You start to praise the Lord. You start to get into prayer. You start to get the family out a little bit more harder. And you see how suddenly he's going to come down. How immediately the prison bars are going to crash down. Amen. So I believe the word has come tonight to shake down some bars. It's come tonight to set some people free this evening. Even as the song service went, singing about freedom, singing about chains being broken. 
This is not someone planning it. This is God working in a supernatural way. Hallelujah. I want you to notice that you've got a purpose and Satan is not going to stop it. I want us to look at one, one more person this evening before we close. Amen. And this was Samson. See, Samson was born with a purpose. See, Samson's purpose was to defeat the Philistines. And I want you to notice something here. Whether you're a young person or whether you're an older person, I want you to notice that Satan is always going to bring different offerings to you. Satan is going to bring some opportunities to your way. See, Samson was ordained and he was purposed to defeat the Philistines. He had a Nazareth vow, and that was to go and to defeat every enemy that was standing on his face. And as a matter of fact, Samson started his course, and he was defeating every enemy that was in his way. But you see, Satan is going to come with opportunities. Satan is going to come, you know, with opportunities from young people. And to try to, you know, sell you the opportunity to become a little more pretty. Or sell you, sell you the opportunity to become a little more handsome. Or, you know, sell you the opportunity, you know, to be, you know, to fit in a little bit more with the world. You see, he'll come to try to sell you as many opportunities that he can sell you. But I want you to notice something that all that he is doing is trying to put you in a prison. All that he's trying to do is trying to trap you somewhere. Amen. Amen. See, Satan doesn't care about the fact that you've got a purpose. I want you to notice that. He knows that you've got a purpose, but he doesn't care that you've got a purpose. Because he's also got a purpose. And that is to get you in order to fulfill your purpose. And that's what he was doing to Samson. See, he knew that Samson had a purpose. He knew the power that Lloyd and Samson of his commission and what he was supposed to do. And Samson as well started to make the mistake of not covering his weak spot. See, Samson was led in a lot of room in the very, you know, in the very weakness that he had. And you see, each and every one of us got a weakness. Each one of us have got a weak spot. And see, if Satan is going to come and try to knock you off your purpose, he's not going to knock you off on where you're strong. He's going to knock you off on where you're weak. And that's what he done to Samson because he knew where he was weak. And he started to come to him. And you see... He just didn't come at once, but it was something that was going on day by day. And you know, he given types even to Eve. You see, Satan did not come to Eve at once and change Eve's mind. See, Satan will come and, you know, will talk to Eve. You know, and he'll come again and he'll talk to Eve. We see all, all the time he's, he's trying to plant a seed in there. See, he's trying to change the cause of the purpose that was given to Eve. Because Eve was supposed to bring out the supernatural spoken word. But you see, Satan was trying to stop that purpose. And it started coming bit by bit. 
And sometimes that's how it does. You come to you, big boy, but with different opportunities and different offerings. And as it started off, you see, Samson thought it was okay because Samson could still go to church and he could still have an experience with the Lord. You know, he could still feel the presence of the Lord and go back home on a Monday and do the very same things again and come back to church on a Wednesday. And, you know, he'll feel the presence of the Lord and go back home and do the same thing, come back on a Sunday and feel the presence of the Lord again. And he had for a moment and a period of time, it seemed that the two lives were able to cope together. But you see, the Bible said that you cannot serve God and mammon. See, he might come together for a little while, but all what Satan is doing is trying to set you up for the last punch. And that was what he was doing to Samson. And he was bringing different offers, and finally, you know, he came with his punch, and that was Delilah. And as Delilah came in the life of Samson, See, now here is Samson now. He's been hooked with Delilah. And even in that, you know, he's been playing around with Delilah here and there. And still the presence of the Lord could come, you know, when you lie to Delilah. And, and Delilah would say, hey, the Philistines are upon you. You know, and Samson will rise up and shake himself up and go. And, you know, again, he'll pack the, 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 the gaze of gazer upon his shoulder and, and do all different kinds. Of, see, the manifestation was still there. But Satan was fighting on him. And finally came a day that Satan found his weakness. And all what Satan is trying to do is to stop that faith that is living in you. All what he's trying to do is to suppress that faith, that supernatural power in you. He doesn't want that faith to take full control of your memory. He doesn't want it to take full control of the five senses that are in your spirit. He doesn't want it. Because he knows when those are subject to it, he has no more ground, as the quote said. He cannot reach that anymore. So here was Samson now in a prison. And his eyes have been plucked out. His feet, he's been bound in fetters. And his foot will be grinding in the prison. I know Satan is going to try to bring you to a death walk. Where you're going around and you're coming back to the same spot. You know, you're trying to get away from this, whatever you're struggling with, but you're coming back to the same spot. See, that's why he got something too. Just going around and going around and going around. His strength has been taken away from him. And now here he was in a prison. And I want you to know that a prison life is not a funny life. A prison life is a lonely life. A prison life is a life without, you know, friends. It's a life where you feel alone. It's a life where you can get on the word. It's a life where you can get on the prayer. It's a life where the enemy is doing everything to strip you of every power that lies in you for you to rise up again. A prison life is not a fun life. But I want you to remember, but still... Regardless of the prison that you're in, I want you to remember that you still have a purpose. Amen. See, the purpose still cannot be defeated. Amen. Regardless of the fact that you're in a prison, the purpose cannot be defeated. And I want you to remember again that God said, if he has started, it all come to pass. Right. Yeah. Amen.
So Samson must have realized that there is a need. There is a need of a revival. See, there is a need of a change in this situation. And I believe that Samson must have started to pray. You know, Samson must have started to think on his ways. Think of the ways that he's gone and the things that he's done. You know, and as he was thinking on his way, he started to realize that, you know, I need to get back to what God has given to me again. And I like it the way some time, a long time ago, was Brother Michael Andes who, who spoke this. It was at a camp, at the Belgium camp, that we went with Brother Johnson a long time ago, and he was talking about a saving off experience. And as he was preaching this sermon, he made a statement. And he said, coal and ashes were once fire. See, the coal and the ashes, you, though you're looking at them and they seem to have no importance, they seem to be completely dead, but I want you to know that they were once fire. And they can be kindled back to fire again. Amen. And that's what a revival is. It's you going back to what it really was. It's you going back to your own original purpose. It's you purging away. It's you pushing out all the trust that the enemy has tried to come in and try to lock you down. It's you trying to break those prison bars and coming back to manifestation of your own self. So Samson must have been talking and thinking about this. And as he was praying, the Bible said that the hair of his head began to grow again. Amen. See, the purpose could not be defeated. See, if you shave over hair, it will still grow again. Well, there are some special cases where it doesn't, but we won't, we won't talk about that. We're just talking about the cases where it grows again. All right. But you see, the hair will grow again. So he shaved it off, but it had to grow again. And as he was praying, the hair was growing again, and now came the showdown. And now here they were, and they brought Samson out of the prison. As they were, you know, worshiping the Dagon God and, you know, praising the Dagon God because they thought that Dagon has got victory over God's servant. But you see, little did Satan know that those hair were growing again. And I want you to notice something. If only you can let that faith that is in your soul just step out of there for a little while, it is going to do mighty exploits. Because see, once they pull Samson out of that prison, and if you can let that faith go out of that soul and start moving itself towards the spirit and conquering everything in there, and writing, because all what that faith is going to bring you into, it is a rapture state, but the final stage is going to be that adoption and that changing of the body. And here was Samson now, and he stood between the two pillars. And, you know, he was led by this little lad. And I remember what Brother Ron Spencer one time preaching, and he was saying this little lad must have been an architecture. Brother Ed, he must have been an architecture. Because, you know, he, he was talking to say he must have known how this arena was built. Because Samson asked him to take him to where the pillars that were holding the arena was. So the little boy must have known a little bit about it. And he took him to that place, amen. And as he got there, Georgia 16, 28 said, And Samson called unto the Lord. Now notice again, Samson was in prison, and what does he do? He prays. There is something about this prayer, amen. 
And Samson called unto the Lord and said, Oh Lord God, remember me. I pray thee. And strengthen me. I pray thee. Only this once, O oh God. That I may be, be at once avenged the Philistines of my two eyes. Amen. And you know, as he prayed that prayer, the Lord heard him. Why? Because his purpose still had to stand. His purpose of defeating, defeating the Philistine still had to stand. And that evening, the Bible said, the Samson defeated more Philistine that night than the amount of Philistine that he had defeated in his whole life. And I tell you this evening, if you will let that faith go out, you can defeat more enemies and you can come out of more many prison bars that may have burned you down that you've ever come out of. Because he is the same God. Let your faith go out into action this evening. Because he is purpose that, amen. And it all have to stand, amen. It is a supernatural word that has been given to you. And it will have to manifest itself, amen. If only you let that faith go into action. There is a purpose. And this evening, the Lord wants you to know that you have a purpose. And He wants you to manifest that purpose. And nothing is going to hold that purpose. No prison bars is going to hold that purpose. No war is going to hold that purpose. If only you are going to let that faith come out. And with that faith to be ignited, you start getting into prayer. You start changing the atmosphere around you. You start changing the attitude, and you watch that faith move into action. Let us stand on our feet as we invite the musicians to come. Amen. I don't know what prison bars you're in, but there's an angel on his way. And perhaps this evening you may not know what's happening because I want you to realize that as Peter was going out of that prison, he thought it was a vision. He really couldn't understand what was going on. But it came a time that he came to himself and realized, God has come to deliver me. And you may not know what's going on right now, but it's God coming to deliver you. Amen. Whatever's on your heart, Sister Kezia. Amen. I'll read this code just, just one more time. Phoenix, 1963, Brother Branham said, That was Samson's greatest victory. Oh, I wish I could see the church of the living God stand tonight. Once more, Lord. Once more, send us a revival. If it cost me everything. If it costs everything I got, send me a revival. Send it upon me, Lord. He said, heal this group of about 300 people or more here tonight. Cry out with one voice. Lord God, once more, let me see Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let me know that he is near me. Let me know that he is here to take care of me. And he said, I am willing now. How many are willing now for the Lord to take control? 
Why don't you start calling on the Lord this evening? I don't know what pillars are around you, but I tell you, just as Samson, you start laying your hands upon those pillars and everything is going to crash down because this God is the same God. There is a supernatural God that is moving in your mess right now. Take advantage of it. Because he wants to bring a change in your life. See, the most effective way that you can destroy a prison bar is by using a dynamite. You see, when a dynamite blows out the prison bars, those bars break into pieces. That there is nothing else that you can find because the power in the dynamite is stronger than the power that is in the bars. And there was a day of Pentecost one day that the Lord sent down a dynamite. He sent down a power into a group of people. And that same power has come into you this evening. And I don't know what prison bars you've got around you, but that same dynamite has got that same power. And it can break any chains. It can break every chain that is in your life. It can bring down any Jericho walls. Hallelujah. Sing, there is power in the name of the Lord Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain, oh, to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, oh, there is victory in the name of Jesus, there is victory in the Every chain, break every chain. Oh, there's an army that's rising up. And oh, there's an army rising up. There's an army rising up. And there's an Break every chain, to break every chain, and there's a bride. There's a bride rising up. In Satan's eden, there's a bride rising up, and she's gonna pack us. 
mentioned the songs that were sung at the beginning. Brother John was inspired to sing them, but they were right down the channel of where our brother was going. That's wonderful when we see God doing that. Brother Branham would talk about a time that he went to the zoo and he watched an eagle. It was a bird and he said he walked into that place and he saw that eagle which was born to fly had the nature to fly and he said he watched that eagle it looked at the sky and it started to fly but then it hit that net and it was bruised and it was battered and it fell back down again and he thought that was the saddest sight he's ever seen to see that eagle that way and he said and he stopped and he changed his mind he said no that's not the saddest sight the saddest sight he said was a Christian that was born to be free would be bound by the enemy. Right. That's the saddest sight. We don't have to be bound up. We don't have to let the devil bring some vice and create some bars around our life. We have a right to be free. We're the children of God. We've been set free by the blood of the Lamb. The devil has no power over the blood-bought Christian. My, oh my, I, I think we need to take that scripture of Isaiah chapter 14. And we need to put it down. What God thought will come to pass. If you're a Christian, God didn't think of you in a halfway state, but he thought of you all the way. What he has purposed, that will stand. If he called you, he had a thought for you. If he, if he had a thought for you, that doesn't change. That was his best thought. That will always be his thought. We were out on Monday and we were out at the West Coast. We went for a little hike and down in the mountain and down around some rocks and coming around, heard the birds and we kind of came around the other side and kind of out along a trail by the coast and it got windy and the wind was just blowing and it was all just had to kind of, we kind of found a little bluff and we could just look there and we're sitting there and just just looking out over the water and the sailboats and the wind and also my wife looks up and says look up there and there was an eagle up there and and I you know the first bird I saw was a gull I said that's not an eagle that's a seagull and she says, no, 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 that one over there. I knew which one she meant. I have that habit. But anyway, I'm watching this bird. You know, there's, there's a, there was a raven that came by too. And it was flapping its wings and going along. 
But I'll tell you, that eagle, no matter how strong that wind was, it wasn't flapping. In fact, it brought out the characteristic of that bird. And it would just adjust itself and just catch a wind and go a little. And you know, before, before a moment, there wasn't just one, but there was another one. There was three eagles that just came. We felt like God just visited us. But I'll tell you what, that so inspired me. I watched that bird. You know what? The, the wind did not diminish the characteristics of the bird. But rather, it brought it out to its fullness. And I will say that the things we're going through are not to suppress us, to diminish us, but they are to bring a fullness of who we really are. And you know, in every example our brother Max gave, every example, there is something for us to do. For Samson, he had to come to a revelation in his heart. I was not born for this purpose, no matter what I did wrong. And he said, lead me to these two pillars. For Peter, who was in a prison, there had to be somebody that was praying in order to bring that on the scene. And then the example he brought of Paul and Barnabas. They were in a prison. They were in stocks. That meant they were bound. They couldn't move. So, you know, they could have just said, well, you know, I hope God delivers us. No, you know what? The deliverance was in them. They could call God on the scene. And it started by some prayers. It started by some songs. Friends, I don't know if you can imagine, but what happened? They were there, and they said, hey, we're here now. <laughs> we may as well change the atmosphere. Let's sing a couple of songs. And they began to say, oh, I'm so glad Jesus set me free. Now just think about those songs. Those songs went out into the atmosphere. Those songs began to permeate the air. And they began to do something so much so that the earth started to quake and rumble. God answering their prayers, that which was in them. Oh friends, just stand up. Take God at His word. Offer a prayer. Sing a song. Bear witness of God. Testify of Him. Bring Him on the scene. God bless you, Brother Max. That's what we need. Just the faith of God to step out. Wherever you are tonight, we'll just sing another song. Then we're going to have our offer a word of prayer. Let's just sing, I bless your name, I bless your name. To start with verse 1 in prison's chains. Think about this song. Think about where you are. Brother Max touched on another part. You might not be in a literal prison, but it might be in the dark of night. Satan bombarding you with thoughts. And you, you know what? They have no power over you unless you accept them. So you have a right to reject them. You have a right to cast them out. And you say, no, I choose God. I went to bed last night. I was tired and I said, Lord, I'm just going to stop and kneel down and pray. And I, I'm so glad I woke up and did the same thing. And I'll tell you what, the devil's not going to rule over me. No songs. And I'll tell you what, God's in control. So whatever it is, whatever the prison is, just sing. Pray. Let's just, let's just sing the song. In prison's chains With bleeding 
stripes. Oh, Paul and Silas prayed that night, and in their pain began to sing. Their chains were loosed, and they. tonight. Why don't you just bless his name? I Sing a song. Say amen. Change the atmosphere.